And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into the BetQL Network. Final segment of Tapped Out. Producer Jake Nowaker with my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Boy, we got a lot going on, BT, in the world of sports. College basketball going on. Houston, number one seed, is in trouble right now. Uh, going at it with uh, Auburn. My Jayhawks lost earlier today to Arkansas. Sorry, buddy. And then obviously, you gonna, you gonna hop on the Canes night. bandwagon? No, I don't think so. I, I'm done. Come with on, man. Basketball. I'm good. Yeah. And once once my team's out, I'm 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 off that and onto the NBA. Um. And uh, as far as the world of fighting goes, UFC 286 just wrapped up to open the main card. It was Marvin Vittori by a decision over Roman Dolice, Jennifer Maya with a decision win over Casey O'Neill, Gunnar Nelson, round one submission of Brian Bam Bam Barbarina, and then the two fights we've been talking about for a while, Justin Gaethje by decision over Rafael Fazeev, and in the main event, Rocky Edwards, Leon Edwards keeps his belt, five-round decision over the Nigeria nightmare, Kamaru Usman. Before we talk about the, the Edwards-Usman fight and some other news and notes in the world of fighting, how about Justin Gaethje, man? I think a lot of people, including the odds makers, didn't think he had much of a chance. And I think on the flip side, Fazeev was kind of that guy on the fast track where if he would have won this fight, I think he was going to call for a title opportunity. Now in the case of Justin Gaethje, maybe he gets another shot before the thing's all said and done. He might. I mean, he's right there because certainly the uh, the Fazeev hype train was uh, rolling very strong and for him to kind of stop it in the tracks – and I think the thing that was impressive about this is Fazee was having a lot of success that first round. And, you know, Gaethje really just never wilted on it. He uh, he kept to uh, he kept to it. He just stuck that jab in his face. And so you think about all that stuff that's flying around, the spinning kicks, the, the amount of speed that's coming at you. He was just able to get out of range. He was just able to find things and then really just do what he does best, which is chop his opponents down with those leg kicks and stick it with that jab. And, that was enough to break to, to break Fazee by the end of this one and have him have him as a bloody bloody mess. I don't bet against a man bun. Back when Connor had the man bun, I wouldn't bet against it. I won't bet against Yuri Prohashka, and it cost me today with the great man bun of Rafael Fazee. Justin Gaethje as an underdog takes the win, kind of like we saw last week with Marab the Machine Davalishvili. And I've been trying to tell you boys, never ever bet against the machine i texted producer jake before that that fight last week i was like hey man are the odds wrong am i seeing this wrong on bet mgm why is Piotr Jan the favorite Piotr Jan is one and four in his last five fights he hasn't won convincingly in a couple of years and not only did he lose the fight but he got pieced up first from the marab side of things what do you think that means for that guy I mean, does he want to still be a good friend or does he, I mean, if he wanted to, it feels like he would deserve a title shot. Even Dana said, like, I would reconsider that if I was him, but you know, he seems like a guy who marches to a different beat. He's very, very welcoming. And uh, he's very, very grateful about like how Aljamain Sterling welcomed him into this country and got him to learn about life in America and all that type of stuff. And that stuff means a lot to him. Friendship means a lot to him. Those guys are legitimately like brothers. Um, we've seen this stuff before with like Cain Velasquez and, and Daniel Cormier. Cormier was such a good friend that he went and made 205 pounds for the first, you know, <laughs> dozen fights of his career or whatever it was when he had no business being a light heavyweight, uh, but he didn't want to fight Cain. So I think that 
whenever Aljo moves on or loses, he deserves a title shot. And if it ever does come down to Dana White saying, hey, you have to do it, I guess they'll get there. But the guy is very clearly uh, deserving of getting a championship shot. What would you do? I would take the Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz path, which is like, yeah, we're really good friends until I'm fighting for a belt. And then I put that to the side. Like for those that don't know, Marab trains with Aljamain Sterling. And right now, Aljo's the champion. Marab is basically should probably be the number one contender, but said that he doesn't want to fight his guy. I don't know about you, BT, but friendship's cool and all until there's a belt on the line. And then we got to go at it. Yeah, it's tough, you know, because we see this, I think probably the most recent uh, example of this we saw where it really broke up public. It was Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. Those guys were tight, tight. I mean, they lived together. And then they were mortal enemies. And Colby ends up leaving American Top Team and going out to, to move to Miami. And Jorge was kicked out of the gym and had to come back to Coconut Creek to, to, to train over there. Um, but... Man, you talk about there's we talk about fighter pay all the time, right? And what a and what a problem it is in the sport that having that Willy Wonka golden ticket around your waist is a huge, huge deal. And if you have family, I would probably tell my friends to kick rocks. If I was, you know, if I had time to be a good friend and do that stuff, if I was in that situation, maybe I would. But no, if I had people to provide for, if I was in the situation, if I had now and I wasn't a fat ass, no, I would say, sorry, friend, we have to fight and I got to go, you know, buy a new lawnmower. So Mrs. tells me I got to fight you. Put a belt on the line. I'd fight my own brother. I'd fight you in a heartbeat. Put a strap out there. We're going at it. UFC 290 is official. John Jones and Sammy Ochich just feels like, and, and I can't wait to see that fight once it happens because John looks so good. It feels like John is the guy that everybody made him out to be. And it feels like to me, like Steve is a plus 170. I can't believe I'm saying this about the greatest heavyweight of all time. He should be like a plus 250 or a three to one. I, if, if John is that guy, and if John is motivated, and if he looks half as good as he did against Cyril Gunn, I'm sorry, Steve has no chance. It's the age thing that scares me with, uh, with Steve, just because I feel like I'm always with him wondering when is going to be the way it ends badly to his credit it hasn't yet um and i don't necessarily know if john's going to be the guy that like puts his lights out or anything like that but yeah it just feels like you have a guy in john jones who unbelievably still looks very much in his prime with as much uh ring experience as he has and with stipe if he was you know if this was a few years ago i i'd actually i think stipe has got some pretty good qualities to go against John. I think he has a hands advantage, a boxing advantage. Uh, he is a well-rounded wrestler. You know, he's a hard guy to take down. So I definitely think this is a tougher fight than Cyril Gan. I, I hope people don't think that, that this is going to be an easier fight for John. I think that John is going to be tested a little bit, but I think ultimately he's going to find a way to get the victory. I think that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll figure Stipe out and um, I lean that it would be by decision. But, you know, for me, it's just a case of, uh, it's just, it's just Stipe's age. That, that is the biggest hurdle here. I thought when DC knocked him out, which was what, four calendar years ago now, that that was probably the beginning of the end for Stipe. And I even thought at that time, you could make an argument that he was the greatest heavyweight of all time. Haven't seen him very active since then. Obviously he took out Daniel Cormier. I just, 
I wonder how comfortable people are getting with a guy who has taken that much time off, who fights as a heavyweight, and and by the way, how old is he? Because you keep talking about his age, and a guy who's also getting up there in Steve Miocic. So is... I just I can't I can't imagine too He's many 40. people going to the window. 40. 40. And, and look, I mean, you can fight when you're 40. You can win a belt when you're 40. You can win a belt light heavyweight when you're 40. We saw Grover Teixeira do that at 44. But that doesn't mean that everybody can do that, especially when you're going against John Jones. So looking forward to that one when it happens at UFC 290. What a banger of a card that one is, man. On the undercard, I'm sorry, the co-main of that is where we get that Volkanovski and Yair Rodriguez fight. I'm looking at it right now on BetMGM. Minus 480 for Alexander Volkanovsky. I know he's great. I know he's probably going to win the fight. But you can pay that price, bro, not me. I get it, man. Look, you it's MMA and anything can happen. And when you have something that tastes yeah, you're an animal. Yeah, you're an animal. Uh, you know, like you, you got to give that. Uh, I get why people will say, hey, that's disrespectful. I don't think that's disrespectful. I think it's just a lot of respect towards Volkanovsky's greatness. Did I just reverse saying that's disrespectful? Maybe, but I think I'm just trying to give. <laughs> I'm just trying to say Volkanovski deserves a lot of respect more so than I'm disrespecting Yair Rodriguez. Well, that seems to be the theme of the show, which kind of brings us full circle. Because I remember we came on today, and I was asking you about Leon Edwards and what happens to his legacy if he's able to take out Kamaru Usman for the second time. Both of us honks came on and said, "Don't bet it. We think that." Usman's going to win the fight. I said by knockout. You said by decision. Ultimately, Leon won on the cards. And frankly, pretty decisively, considering that he got that point taken away. All that being said, now that that's in our rearview mirror, I think you need to put a little bit more respect on Leon's name. I think that Leon, the same way that we talked about Kamaru Usman them a year ago, remember, he had been on that long losing streak. He hadn't lost in five-plus years. He had taken out all these different guys. And now Leon's taken out that guy twice. I'm not saying that if you made me list the greatest of all time, that I'm putting Leon ahead of Usman because I'm not. I'm just saying if we're talking about right now, the current moment, you got to put Leon ahead of Usman. Like, when you say just like pound for pound in the world right now, like, or are you saying like for all now. time? For, 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 no, I'm not saying all time. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah listen, is... he's, he's, he's beaten him twice and he's beaten him two different ways. Like, yeah, I agree, but... Um, he definitely will get his respect now. He's on top. I think that he's a super likable guy. I think he's marketable, you know, talking to him that, you know, I mean, that was a delight talking to him for the, uh, for the eight minutes we got to do it. And the guy's got a hell of a story. I I think this guy is, we talk about star potential. I think the guy's got, you know, big star potential. If he's able to, you know, the UK is such a hot market. Um, but yeah, this, this is when the hard stuff comes. He's gotten over the mountaintop and now he's got to start, you know, doing the Volkanovsky of starting to take on, you've squared away your rivalry. Now you got to start taking all on all comers. You got to start wiping out the division and he's got some fun matchups ahead of him, man. He's got some fun matchups that, uh, that, that can present a lot of money for him. And he's got the chance because of the guys that we're talking about. Like, let's say just for the sake of this conversation that, Masvidal takes out Burns, and then Masvidal gets to fight for the belt against Leon Edwards, and then Edwards takes him out. Then let's say Colby's next. Now we're talking about basically the same resume of Kamaru Usman, right? Like, that's the top line on Usman's resume also. By the way, Dana confirming that Colby is next, so all that conversation could be thrown out the window. We're going to see Colby Covington. Fun killer. Like Dana. 
and Leon Edwards and next. Go make well, a power slap yeah. matchup. <laughs> By the way, thank power you for slap Leon commissioner. Edwards. <laughs> Thanks to Rocky for joining us earlier in the show. If you missed that, check it out on YouTube. Thanks to our producer, Jake Noaker. All of our help of, uh, help of Beck UL back in Chicago. For my co-host, Brendan Tobin, I am merely the sports machine and still champion Leon Rocky Edwards. You're locked in to the Beck QL Network. Good night. Yeah. <laughs>